Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 884 of the Juicebox podcast. Erica Forsyth is back today, and she's going to say talking with me, but this conversation took a turn somewhere and I got very passionate, so I'm not sure how much Erica spoke. Anyway, uh, we're talking about how people speak to each other online and some other online eccentricities, uh, like complaining about seeing other people wearing CGMs or using GLP-1s and stuff like that. Anyway, it's a spirited conversation. I invite you to listen. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1, are the caregiver of type 1, and a U.S. resident, uh, well, then I need you to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and complete the survey. That's it. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox complete the survey. It helps people living with type 1. It'll help you. It'll help me. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Touched by Type 1. Now, this is a fantastic organization helping people with type 1 diabetes. It's an org, and they just want you to check out what they're doing. Hit them up on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, at touchedbytype1.org. I'll be speaking at one of their huge events later this year. Go check it out, touchedbytype1.org. The podcast is also sponsored today by Omnipod. Now, Omnipod makes the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. So there is a tubeless insulin pump for whatever you desire. The Dash puts you in charge. It's completely manual. You make the decisions. But that Omnipod 5, it's automated. It runs off an algorithm with the Dexcom G6. It's going to make a lot of the decisions for you. Check them out. Get started today at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. There are links to all of the sponsors in the show notes of the audio player you're listening in right now and at juiceboxpodcast.com. But you can always just type them into a browser. Hey, Erica, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Good to see you. You as well. Good to be here. I um, I think we'll jump right in because, you know, you were on the schedule for today, but we just decided last night what to talk about. Um, <laughs> and I think we're going to kind of commingle two ideas together. I think, I don't know where to start. Which which of the two things do you think we start with? Let's start with um, on, you know, how to communicate online. Online. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> how do we effectively and appropriately and compassionately communicate? <laughs> yes. I have no training about how to talk to people. I... All I have is that back when blogs weren't a thing, I had a blog. So I was learning to communicate with people I couldn't see. And you can say it's, oh, it's not, it's not that deep, but it kind of is. Like you have to learn how to talk to people in a way that they can receive it, right? Like, so no matter what Mm -hmm. you're saying, 
you're not you're not sugarcoating it and you're not holding back but you're saying it in a way that doesn't just light them on fire before you present them with the topic right and i'm sure as we're talking we're going to come up with a lot of examples of that but i i learned how to do that the blog was pretty darn popular so i'm people must have accepted my writing pretty well um when i went to the podcast it's the same thing like you're i'm talking to a wall most of the time or I'm talking to a person I don't even see. And you're developing a conversation that people can hear from the outside and not brusque up against, not be like, oh, you know, right. You know, I'm upset by this part of what you said or that part of what you said. That's on purpose for me. Like real Scott in real life, isn't this nice? <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't mean to other people, mainly to my family, I mean. But like, but you know, like, but I'm I don't because I don't think about when I'm interacting in my personal life, I don't think about, oh, well, I want to make sure this is accessible to everybody. I'm mm-hmm. more about like let me get out my thoughts and my feelings and how this impacts me and that kind of stuff. Um anyway, it wasn't really until I launched the Facebook group that I really started seeing it. Some people don't know how to talk. They just don't know how to get their point across without making somebody angry. And there's a difference between doing it on purpose. Like some people run into a thread and they're like, (laughs) and then they run out Uh because they want to see the, they want to see the fight. Right. But that's not often what happens. Often what happens is just people just see the world from a very like, me-centric perspective, and I don't know if they put much thought into how is this going to resonate with the person who's hearing it. Um, and then it starts weird fights that mm-hmm. it, it's interesting where they go. So I want to start with how to talk to people, and and there's probably nobody better to ask than you. Like how how <laughs> how, and I'm sure this what we're going to talk about is going to be beyond the internet and work in people's real lives as well. Mm-hmm. So please. Yes. I think, you know, in, in grad school, we learn a lot about communication in, in marriage and family therapy. And oftentimes when people land in my office, it, it is around communication. And one of the things that we learn is this image of there's a sender as when you're communicating with someone, there's the sender and then there's the receiver of information. And so envisioning yourself, if you are the sender, you are communicating like as if in a letter and mm-hmm. you you've written your message, you're sending it in a letter and you're not always sure how the receiver is going to receive that message is, is the receiver of your letter, so to speak, had it, has it, have they had a horrible day? Have they had an incredible morning? Um, did they have sleep? <laughs> have mm-hmm. they eaten? Right. So you're delivering a message as a sender not knowing how it's going to land. And that is often what causes conflict. Yeah. In, in, in verbal and, you know, in-person verbal communication. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way, I think what some people hear, like the more, um, I don't know, the, I don't know what to say. There are going to be some people that hear that and go, Oh, well, you're just, you're just saying what you don't mean. So it doesn't upset anybody. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you can get your point across without everybody hating each other and yelling and screaming and everything just coming up like like octaves up um and and I just think that that's I don't know why it's not a consideration like why is it so important for me to say what I think that I don't care how you feel 
Uh, that that's a, a fascinating aspect of this to me. So I guess on some level, you have to be concerned with your audience and and how they're going to feel. Yes, and and I agree. I'm not talking about be be inauthentic with how you're feeling mm-hmm. because that you can read through that. So yes, it is. We are. We do want to encourage authentic, honest communication. But if you are not thinking about how your messaging is going to land, then it may never land. <laughs> the, <laughs> the point that you're trying to cross, yeah, or to what the point you're trying to make, may never land well if you're not thinking about the tone, the audience, um, how where where are you in your emotional and physical space? Right? Are you tired, hungry, exhausted, stressed? Oh, you have no idea how many people I see start a post. And they're ranting and raving, but they'll be like, you know, at the end, they're like, I'm sorry, I had a bad day. I'm like, well, then why are you doing this? Like, what is like, if you need to get it out, go scream into a pillow. Why are you screaming on the internet? Like, like just so they even know, Erica, Mm -hmm. they know they're like, I already know that my perspective is skewed because I've had a bad day. So I'm just still going to come in here and shit on the floor and light it on fire and watch all of you try to deal with it. Because, because, then that's, <laughs> yeah. because that's what happens then is there are some people, then everybody's personalities come out, right? There are people who want to pick apart your point, take the opposite side, play devil's advocate. There are people who get mad and just launch back with anger. There are some people who are, and I'm assuming their par- their parents were alcoholics, they want very badly to stop the fight. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so there's like all of that and all these voices come together and it's fascinating to watch none of them understand where the other came from. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and it's fascinating to watch each one of them not care how it lands because it goes on both ways. You can see, if you step back, you can see what people mean. You just, it's not what they said. And, And that's, interesting you know and and then when you try to reframe it can sound um what's the word i want you you have to be able to try to reframe without insulting them or making them think that you're going oh okay but have you thought of it this way like that's not the way to go obviously um this is going to be all over the place. I'm sorry. Yes. I've, I've seen a lot of this. So, <laughs> Well, I think what one of the a couple of things that are lost in online, and we're talking about maybe some of these longer threads, right, on in the Facebook community or anywhere online. That's um, What's lost is you can't pick up the tone necessarily, although sometimes you can. Mm-hmm. You can't read the other person's facial expression, body language. Um, and so you're, you're posting how you're feeling in the moment. And I think just like what I would advise in person, if you know you're coming in hot and bothered and tired and all the things, step away. Even write write the post. Yeah. Write it down. Don't click post yet. <laughs> take, you know, walk away, take some deep breaths, go eat, go take a walk, and then come back and say and reread it. Yeah. And say, is that really what I wanted to post? Because to your point earlier, if you're putting all this effort into saying something to someone or writing something down and showing it to them then you must want to get them to a level of your understanding, right? You're trying to impart how you see something. If you're, if you're going to run into, again, if you're going to run into the room and light the whole thing on fire, no one's going to take your point. And so if it's really important to you, then deliver it in a way that, that will be actionable for them, that they can actually stop and go, Oh, that's not a bad idea. You know, like that does make sense. You can, you can deliver it that way. By the way, these things help you, 
having 504 conversations with your kids' schools. Like these things help a lot. You, you know, um, they're not just for this kind of communication. It's it's every kind of human interaction where you're just trying to get across how you feel. And I think that's why the fights happen. I think that when you try to say something and someone else doesn't understand it, there's a level of frustration that comes up inside of you that's di it's difficult to deal with because you mm -hmm. don't feel heard. And then depending on how you grew up, that might hit you really poorly. And then you kind of get lit up like a firecracker a little bit too. Like not being yes. heard is a, is a trigger. I, I don't use the word trigger. Not being heard is a trigger for, for many people. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com slash risk. My daughter has been wearing and using an Omnipod tubeless insulin pump since she was four years old. And she's a freshman in college now, about to be 19 this summer. So that's a long time, right? Uh, I don't want to do the math, but roughly it's over 15 years. And Arden has been wearing an Omnipod every second of every day for the last 15 years. It is a friend in this journey. It is dependable and valuable and easy to use. And it is not a detriment. I mean, it's not in your way. There's no tubing. You can wear it when you swim. You can wear it when you're working out um, in the shower. You don't have to take it off for anything. It really is absolutely fantastic. Now, Omnipod has two different versions that you can check into, right? They have the Omnipod Dash. If you want to just put your settings in and make all your decisions yourself, fantastic, fantastic pod. And they have the Omnipod 5. The Omnipod 5 is an algorithm, right? It's making decisions about basal. It's making decisions about corrections. Uh, it's really something else. It's next level. Omnipod 5 or Omnipod Dash. Whatever you're looking for, if it's tubeless, if it's easy, it's Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. You head over there right now and check it out. You may actually be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You should ask and, and see. Unless you want the Omnipod 5. And then I, I wouldn't do the Dash trial. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get the insulin pump that my daughter has been wearing every day for 15 years. For full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, you can visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. If you're like me and you like Erica, you can check her out at ericaforsyth.com or call her at 626-344-2266. Erica is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's got a brick and mortar store in California. I don't think therapists call their place a store, uh, but uh, she can also help you online if you're in California, Utah, Oregon, or Florida. She is really terrific. She has had type 1 for 30 years. Helps a lot of people with type 1 diabetes. EricaForsythe.com. You know, 
Yes. And in, in, in in-person communication, you're able to do reflective listening and say, I think this is what you're saying. I'm let me, let me double check. Mm-hmm. Are, you know, are you saying, are you saying it this way? Or you're saying it that way. And then you have an opportunity to, to confirm or disagree. Yeah. Right. And then on online, it's a little bit more challenging to communicate that way, but I do see people do that sometimes. Say, is this what you're trying to say? And that's such a beautiful way to say, Hey, I'm, I, I'm reading. I, I hear you. I see you. Is this what you're trying to say? Mm-hmm. And that can often inter, you know, intervene and interrupt the, the conflict and the spiraling of the attacks that happen. Those, some of those are very good interviewing techniques too. Like my wife will joke. She'll say, and I don't know how much she's joking. She'll be like, sometimes I walk past that room and I think, who's that lovely man interviewing that person who seems to be very understanding and want to know more. And <laughs> you know, because, because that's what I'm doing for an hour when I'm talking to somebody, like I'm trying to get how they feel. And when I, and there are times where I'm motivated to tell them how I feel or to offer up a parable that's like, hey, well, what about this? Um, you know, but in your regular life, it's difficult. And I, the longer I make this podcast, the better I get at being an, a real person away from this microphone because you have to be interested in what the other person is saying. And it can't be judgmental. Like you can't be judging people while they're talking because when you do, all that's happening is you're coming up with argumentative responses to while they're talking. They say something like, oh, that's wrong. I'll tell you, I know what's right here. I'm going to say this. It's not a fight. You're not trying to win. (laughs) You you know what I mean? You think something, they think something. You all say it. Nothing has to change. You know, like, and I think that's one of the, one of the misconceptions is that every one of these interactions somehow needs to end with the other person changing their mind. And that's not how things work. You're offering up an idea. It'll get planted in their head as a seed and may or may not grow. And that's all you can do. Like, you know, you can't, you can't run around changing people's minds. Good information. Give them, give them your best information and see, you know, if they don't pick some of it up. I don't know. Makes sense. Yes. And well, and I think that, you know, we are, we are passionate, particularly in, you know, how we live our lives, the choices we make, how we choose to manage um, not only diabetes, but our, our lifestyles. And uh, if it's working for you, I under, I see and hear the passion in the comments, right? And you want to say, this is how it's working for me. And I want you to be able to see it and feel it and live it this way too. So I think oftentimes the intent uh, and the motivation behind some of the stronger comments is because it's you're passionate and it, it's working for you. Yeah. And you want other people to, you know, quote, see the light. Um but oftentimes people aren't ready to hear that. And if you weren't recognizing that maybe the tone is too strong, um, it's just going to land flat. Yeah. And, and and what you lack, I'll tell you what, like making a podcast, all I'm doing is sharing how we're managing my daughter's diabetes, right? And I mean, it's gotten bigger than that, but at its core, that's what it is. I don't get to, I don't hear back from people. Like I say my thing and I go, all right, listen, here's what I think. You don't need to think it if you don't, I don't care, you know, like, but here's what I think. You can't do that in a, in a face-to-face or screen-to-screen conversation because you Mm -hmm. say something and then they fire back and everyone's always trying to be, either you're in a good conversation where everybody's being like light and supportive and thoughtful, or you're in a crappy conversation where everyone's trying to win, get a dig in, you know, be funny. That's the other thing. 
a lot of you are not as funny as you think you are. Like, I mean, God bless you. I'm probably not as funny as I think I am, but um, I'm a lot funnier than a lot of you. And so like, but the, there's levels, there's levels of, of that too. Like, um, or, or that your humor doesn't land or how hard mm-hmm. it is to write sarcasm. Um, you know, there's so many things, but I really do take your point about the passion because I think that's at the core of the, of any low carb argument I've ever seen in my life. It's just mm-hmm. people are like, I found this thing that really helps me I'm trying to tell you about it. You're not mm-hmm. listening. You're killing yourself. I know. And then somebody else will come in and say, well, I found a way to manage with insulin perfectly fine. And my A1C and yours are exactly the same. And so you don't understand. You're telling me I'm wrong. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to be told they're wrong. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be told that they're doing something wrong or thinking about something incorrectly. And there are only certain trusted voices that get away with pointing that stuff out. And and for the most part, it's not a thing we can just willy-nilly do between strangers or even sometimes, I don't know, even sometimes people you know really well. I actually think that's harder. I, I always think about, you know, I grew up watching my son play baseball. And if your kid's pitching and they're struggling, you don't send the father out to talk to them on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> you send somebody else, somebody mm-hmm. else who doesn't have a lot of history with them and, you know, isn't quietly angry about something that happened a week and a half ago in the house and stuff like that. So anyway, I, I don't know. What do you think about all this? Well, I think that oftentimes it might feel easier to express our, our passionate opinion online. I mean, we, we talk to our, our children, our teenagers about, you know, being aware of online bullying and, and trolling. And I think one of the things that I, I constantly tell um, children is, you know, what would you say this? Would you write this out? What you want to write online? Would you say that in person to that, that, that friend? Would you write that post? Would you write that comment if that person was standing right in front of you? And I think when we're in the heat of the moment and we're on our phone and we're running around and we're reading the, the thread and we just want to put our two cents in, I think it's it's so easy to get caught up in the moment, but just to think, okay, these are a bunch of people I may have never met before, but if they were all standing in my living room, would I be say this, you right know, now. say, so would I say this and, and in this way. Um, and that's a hard thing to remember in the moment. I totally understand. I just got back from a trip where I was gone for like 11 days. This is like the one time this year I didn't make the podcast for a week and other people helped me with the Facebook group more than they usually do, and I wasn't looking at it as much. But I posted before I left. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going away with my family. Hold all your crazy inside till I get back, please. I read that. Okay. <laughs> and in that time, and this is such an interesting thing to break down. A person made a post. It was a meme about Plan B. And, it, it, you know, Plan B, the pill, like, you know, the, af- the day after. Oh, right? oh. And I, for the life of me... I don't even know why it was funny. Like, but people told me it was. I was like, all right. So I, but when they put it up, it's easy to think, oh, well, this is to stir up the the pot, you know? But it wasn't. They really just thought, this is funny. And here, then it was diabetes related somehow. I forget how. And I saw it go up because one of the moderators reported it so I could see it, just so I could see it. And now I Uh see it and I'm like, oh, well, this isn't going to go well. And, (laughs) and, and, my first thought is like, how does the poster not know that? How does the person who puts it up not know at some point 
this is going to go poorly, that this is going to turn into an abortion conversation online, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and then, but I always take the tact of like, let them be adult. Like they can, they're adults, let them do what they want, you know, as long as nobody's mean or blah, blah, blah. But man, it just went exactly like you thought. Mm -hmm. You know, four out of five people got the got the joke and they were okay with it and weren't put off by it. And some people took it as an opportunity to say, oh no, I have feelings about this. I'm going to share them with you now. And then other people come back in and share the opposite side. And then here we go. And I think two things as the person who runs a large group, I think, how did you not know this was going to happen? Because I don't think the person had that intention. And my other thing is, this group takes in 300 new members a week. Like, wow. Okay. So 40, 50 people a day come in. I don't want them seeing you ranting and raving about plan B on day one, because they're <laughs> going to think that's what this is about. And the truth is that's not, not true at all. Like that one post mm -hmm. is meaningless on a group that size. That group gets 110 new posts a day on average. Wow. Okay. And so most people aren't even going to see the stupid posts, but the algorithm sees people going back and forth and says, aha, people care about this and start pushing it mm -hmm. towards other people's posts. And now suddenly, in my mind, everyone who's been there knows Scott takes care of this stuff. This bullshit doesn't go on here. I'm not worried about it. But those new people might think, oh, where am I? What, what asylum am I in right now? You know? Right. Um, because I don't think people understand no matter what side of an argument you're on, you sound crazy. And it just feels like that I mean, that's probably not the place to have that type of conversation. Yeah. Um, but I understand how and why it happens. And, and perhaps, you know, the person who posted it is a quick-witted, funny person, sarcastic, and thought this would be a funny, you know, response to your post yeah um, and then here we but, go but didn't pause to think about mm -hmm. how is this going to land and and that's how it, it does happen but obviously not probably ill-intended no originally i'm thinking mm -hmm. back now on it i think there was like candy the plan b pill and something else and the idea was like be prepared and like so i think they thought like the candy like low blood sugars and like they the, these oh, okay yeah mm -hmm. but still you're just like oh dear lord like this is like if you had to run, what i thought was if you had to run this page for a day you would never do that and not because i don't want the place to be fun or free for free minded i i absolutely mm -hmm. you should see this stuff i i don't get involved in because i really do think people are adults and they should do what they want um, but like, I don't know, like, so when you go back to a regular conversation, that big kind of blown up idea, it's the same thing. When you're talking to your sister and you're trying to get something across, it's not a good place to bring up something that happened 10 years ago, unless you're trying <laughs> to be in an argument with your sister. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that case, I say, just be more honest. Just look at her and go, I'm so mad at you for the thing that happened 10 years ago. Let's talk because that might actually get you somewhere. Um, I don't know. I don't understand why, you know, I keep hearing it broken down as people are like, um, tribal or on teams. And I don't even think it's that, like, I just think mm. that people have a collection of thoughts and they defend them like very vociferously. Like they defend their thoughts because I think they think their thoughts are them, but your thoughts, like your ideas about, I don't know, politics, <laughs> 
that's not really who you are. That's your thoughts about politics. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think it gets commingled. And then you feel like you're defending yourself all of a sudden, you know? Yes. And and I and I hear people who respond when there's been other, you know, controversial topics that have come up within the Facebook group. You know, people can say, well, you can choose not to, to read them or not to participate, um, turn off your phone, you know, and I think those are all, if you are finding that you are reading some of the posts and having, you know, a visceral response or, you know, feeling offended, check in with yourself of how you're feeling. And is it appropriate to respond back um, online? Do you need to go take care of yourself in another way? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be mindful of that, like maybe you're feeling, you're, you're, it is, does feel personal right. and, and maybe you need to process that. Um, and it might not be the best way to process it online. But again, these are, I know these are really hard steps to take if kind of your automatic thought and action is to respond back. Right. Yeah. It, this just might not be a setting that's right for you in this moment. And I mean, from the outside, I, that's why I'm trying to have this conversation because there's two reactions. There's the like flippant, like human reaction, like just leave if you don't like, if it bothers mm-hmm. you, but th- you're not putting yourself in their position where they're like, you've now just lit off every synopsis in there, you know, uh, I'm using the wrong <laughs> word, like you're firing their brain up. You're like, oh my God, this uh-huh. this is promoting something that I think is wholly wrong. Or, you know, I have to say something now. I'm, uh, now I'm the defender of everyone who they imagine is going to see it. And mm-hmm. even that's a funny thing about the internet. Everyone's not seeing what you think they're seeing. Um, there was this thing years ago when the diabetes space moved into Twitter at first, I think it's been long enough now I can make fun of people for this. Um, so so <laughs> there were diabetes people that got on Twitter and they would have these like like interactions online. Then later they would report back, my tweet got 1.3 million impressions. And I'm like, 1.3 million people read your tweet? You've got 2,000 followers. What are we talking about? You know? And then you realize that um, they take the 2,000 number I have 2,000 followers, and each one of those followers has the amount of followers they have. So we'll assume that their followers saw it too. So my tweet could have been seen by 1.3 million people. Okay. And then they'd run around espousing that that was their reach. And I think people believe that. Now, I, as a person who puts content in the world, can tell you that if it was that easy to reach 1.3 million people, I'd be sitting on a gold chair in a gold room right now, and I am not, okay? So it's not that easy to reach people. You are not talking to as many people as you think you are. And when you post something that gets 100 likes on it, I want you to know 100 is a very small number. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. There are billions of people on the planet. You And you're in a group with 40,000 people, and you got confirmation from 100 of them. You have statistically reached none of them. and and But people have this feeling online, like, my voice is carrying, and I'm impacting people. And I don't think people realize they're not. They're not. I have a huge reach online and I am not impacting as many people as you think I am. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you on your private Facebook group are talking to yourself and your old neighbor and some guy from high school. So good luck. <laughs> like, well, I, I and, yeah. 
I feel like if, if that, and maybe people do find, you know, we know that people find value in numbers mm-hmm. and, or they impart that, that, that they are valuable based on how many likes, how many reposts, how many, you know, shares. Um, and if that is where you find value, that's okay. Um, but also conversely, you are valuable. I would say, you know, just that you're valuable even without all of those likes and um, perhaps maybe kind of reevaluate why, what are you saying and why um, and what are you getting out of it? Yeah. I don't mean to say that they're wrong. I mean right. to say that they're not changing the world the way they think they are. Uh, we have a whole generation of kids who think they're advocates because they have an Instagram. Like you're not helping anyone. Good, nice try. Like, like your your post that reached 500 people is not going to change a company. I, I know you think it's going to. It isn't going to. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean your thoughts are wrong or that you shouldn't live your life that way, teach your children that way, speak to people that way, or that, or that what you're saying is not incredibly valuable. Like, it, mm-hmm. you just, I mean, think of all the good things in the world that we can all agree with. C- clean water is a great example, right? <laughs> yeah. We all know that's okay. How come it doesn't happen? I mean, you all have an Instagram. Have you not said something about it? How come How come the people in Flint, Michigan aren't swimming in great? It, it's because that's mm-hmm. not how this works. And right. but, but people get stuck in the idea, especially now that social media is in everybody's hand. They're like, I have real power here. And mm-hmm. you just, you, you, you do. You have power within your own life. You, you know, and you can, I, I hate to say this, like act locally and maybe that will grow. But- I don't know. You're not. There was that one moment in social media where you could scare a company in two seconds. You could have a bad uh, a bad vacation or something, and you could get on Twitter oh, mm-hmm. and go, "Hey, you guys, you know, blah 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 blah," and the company would literally like find you and call you and be like, "We're so sorry. If you take that tweet down, we will blah, like this." Now nobody even they don't even do that anymore. Like I, I don't know how to tell you. Like most companies, the way most companies handle people who are upset with them online is just ignored away. They don't mm-hmm. really do anything about it. And, mm-hmm. and and how is that the the how is that what happens? That's what happens because what they learned is your tweet, your Facebook thing, your Instagram thing, it really doesn't it doesn't hit hard enough to make a problem for them. So the, the ripple effect isn't as significant. As you think it is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. while you're busy online or in your own family ranting and raving about something you've really just kind of sullied the relationship you have with these very people these close people who are with these 50 people who saw your post or these seven or eight people in a room with you you're not you're not doing what you think you're doing but you could be and that's what we talked about earlier you absolutely could be impacting people differently if you found a better way to deliver what you were saying and i I just i hope people think about that like the the delivery method you know and I think in that delivery, and I and I see people do this in the threads as well, is remind if if it gets kind of out of hand and out of control, someone will come in, you know, either the peacemaker or the reminder of like, well, let's go back to the topic. Let's go to the, the first post, because it's really easy to get caught up in mm-hmm. the discussion and it's a law, you know, the very first point or question or comment is lost. And so that would be maybe something helpful to do as well. If you're wanting to engage in a conversation or comment, go back to the original post to see, 
you know, what, what was this person asking? And I think, and I, we've talked about this before as well as when you are the first poster in a comment um, or asking for, be very clear with what you're needing as well, because sometimes it is venting. Sometimes it is seeking, you know, clarification or seeking questions. And you could even lead with that, like just looking for some validation or, really looking for some new ideas on how to treat lows in this specific area of my child's life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's all very doable as well. Mm-hmm. Like you have mm-hmm. to be patient and listen, take it from me. Um, I, th- my Facebook group is one of the largest groups for diabetes in Facebook. And it mm-hmm. is easily one of the most active, if not the most active one. And it's also what most people d- describe as a nice situation to be. Yes. I did that on purpose. I built that that way on purpose. And then I introduced other things. I have blended together people who eat all different kinds of ways in one Mm -hmm. diabetes Facebook group, not seen anywhere else. There's low carb, there's vegetarian face diet, not me. I'm like, you got diabetes, forget type one or type two. You come on in here. I don't give a crap how you eat. You're allowed to talk in here. Mm -hmm. I brought type twos together with type ones. Mm-hmm. And nobody's done that. I've been around this space for 20 years. People wouldn't say type 1 and type 2 diabetes in the same sentence, let alone the same paragraph, because what they, what were they afraid of? Type 1s would say, well, I don't want to be categorized as type 2 because mm-hmm. those people did it to themselves, which mm-hmm. isn't even true. And then, right. and then And then the type 2s would be like, well, I don't want to be about them. They use insulin. They're really sick. That's the bad kind. Like Then they start using words like the bad kind of diabetes or this one. Like, Insanity. The that, worst kind, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was prevalent and mm-hmm. still is. Not mm-hmm. in my space because I set it up not to be that way. I set expectations. People follow those expectations. When people fall outside of the line of them, I don't ban their account. I don't like, I go right in public. I respond back. I don't DM anybody. You, mm-hmm. you, you try to DM me, you're not hearing back from me. I'm not getting involved in your crazy yelling and screaming, but online I'll say, listen, here's, here's what I'm seeing. You Mm -hmm. seem like you are very passionate about this. And I think this might be why, is that right? And, but can you also see that this person seems very passionate about it too? And I think they have their own reasons and you guys can share information with each other without yelling at each other, without telling each other you're wrong because you're both right. And this conversation is important. And then people will come by and say, well, are you going to delete it? I'm not going to delete it. It's valuable. And the other thing you don't realize is that the 10 or 20 or 50 people that are commenting in a post are, again, the very small minority of mm-hmm. people who are actually seeing it. And most people, it's sort of like talking about politics. We focus on the right and the left, and we ignore everybody in the middle who basically agrees. And that happens online, too. Like the people who, you know, the, not don't think of it as right and left, but from, you know, polar opposite perspectives. And mostly everybody's like, oh, that lady makes a good point, but she's a little weird. And that guy makes a good point, but eh, I don't like the way he said it. And and by the way, that's also very much something I've noticed, too, is that men can be taken as harsh when they're not being harsh. And I'm I'm I, I used to be a I used to communicate in curt language but mm-hmm. not curt and bad, just short and factual and to the That's point. It. And you can read it as shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and guess what I did? Okay. How rude. Yes. Yeah. Guess what I did? 
I stopped writing like that <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted people to hear what I was saying. I knew I didn't mean anything bad by it. And there'd be other men that would come in and say, no, you're misunderstanding him. He's saying this. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, that's not how it makes me feel. And I'll tell you, that's a frustrating thing to hear. Th- mm-hmm. To hear that you've said something in a very, to you, is a very clear and concise way. But that another person heard it and it made them upset. I'm upset by that. Like, oh, my God, I made you upset? Like, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to, like, lay this out factually and get out of here because I don't have a lot of time to sit and, like, I'm the, I'm the guy making the podcast. I'm kind of busy. And it's like, so, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to come in and say a thing. And I don't, I don't know. Like, so what I learned was I'm not writing to communicate exactly what I think when my brain says the words. Mm -hmm. I'm writing to communicate what I feel and what I'm trying to impart and the bigger picture. It's just, you turn into a teacher when you're, when you're communicating that way, I guess. And over time you have learned and practiced that, right? You have developed that skill. It's, it is, it is a skill to Mm -hmm. communicate authentically to a broader audience who can understand what you're saying and receive it. Yeah. It's, it is a learned skill. It took me a long time to build it up to where it is. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm still not great, like amazing at it, but I'm much, much better at the, when I started. And also like you've probably seen like once or twice a year, somebody will get out of hand. I get angry about certain things. I don't like companies selling their crap to people mm-hmm. or, and, and that kind of stuff. And people trying to slip in and slip in links to things. And if I get upset about that, and, and I will like be more authoritative when I come back, but I'm between you, me and everybody who's listening, that's mm-hmm. the razor's edge of my anger. Like if I mm-hmm. let my whole anger out, you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> and, so, like, and, and I'm articulate and know how to write and how to communicate. Like I could be, I could be piercing if I wanted to be mm-hmm. like, I could knock you over out of your chair if I wanted to be, I don't want to do that. I've, that's not my intention or my mm-hmm. desire or my thought, but I don't know that intention, desire, and thought gets involved when people are arguing. I think they just reach down as far into their bag of, of horror as they can, pull out a handful of it, and throw it forward. Um, and I guess that's a different consideration, right? Like when you mm-hmm. when you aren't actually interested in communicating, you actually are interested in hurting somebody. When you see that, just ignore it. And yes. and I'll tell you too from from. From a lot of experience, those people, they come around eventually, some of them, but most of them disappear before they come around. And just just telling your Facebook feed, like, I don't want to see from that person, might be a good idea, yeah. you know? Yes, you, you can set, obviously, emotional and physical boundaries around mm-hmm. people in your life like that and, and online. Yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, Conversely, going back to the point, the community that you have created from when I do read lots of threads, the, the majority are kind and supportive oh, yeah. and, and, and will advocate and intervene when it feels like things are spiraling, you know, other, other members. Oh, I see them um, like self-manage yeah. the, the threads. Self-manage, themselves. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it, that's why it has been such a success and why people do feel safe. And supported and and go there for support yeah. ideas interventions. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give the impression that it's like it's like the wild west. Like I, right. I, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but overwhelmingly, ninety nine point nine percent of that group is just lovely people helping each other. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, someone's like, 
hey, you shouldn't eat this. And I'm like, uh, and even I've, that I've quelled. It took me two years to get out the, like, we do not tell people how to eat. Like, yes. like if you do not tell people how to eat in this group, it took me two years. And I'm telling you, it's good now. Like, we fixed it. Like, it's it, it runs smoothly. Um, it's been it's been normalized that, you know, you can eat the way you want to eat, but you don't have to, <laughs> right. you know, inform and advocate others to do the same. Yeah, yeah you don't have to. And, and by the way, yeah. because there's no good way to do it. Like, what are you going to say to somebody? You don't think they know? You know, mm-hmm. oh, your genius is going to, like, turn the light on over their head. They know. They got a hand in the mm-hmm. Dorito bag. They're upset with themselves. They already know. They're like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be doing this. And here it is. It's happening anyway. You coming along and telling them how you went low carb and look at me and pulling up your shirt and showing your abs and stuff like that. I ain't helping anybody. <laughs> you know? I, I've also changed the flow of how people think about succeed um, about celebrating successes with their diabetes. That used to be a very frowned upon thing in the group. I've always maintained that people's success should act as hope and guidance and that you need them to come up and say, hey, look what I did. I used to be a seven and a half. I'm a 5.2 now. I think you should see that and think I might be able to do that too. I don't just think you should think that. I offer you episodes to listen to so that you can go try to accomplish that on your own. And I don't know how many people who would have accepted unhealthy lives are now living better because of that. And that is the thing that the diabetes community in general stood firmly behind not doing for years. Never Uh tell people if you're doing well. Don't show them a good graph. Don't show them a good number. You're going to make them feel bad. And I thought, why can't we make them feel hopeful? So Yes. And I love that reframe so that if you are listening to this now and and you're seeing somebody say, my A1C went from, you know, a nine to a six or whatever it is that if you see that and feel either ashamed or hopeless, that's also feedback to say, okay, what do you need to do? Do you need help managing the diabetes? Do you need help with your thoughts and emotions and how you're seeing that data? Mm -hmm. Um, But that it is the motivation behind sharing that is hope and not to shame. That's why I ask people to to leave reviews of the podcast, because then I can use them in social media. Like when you come along and you say, I'm 53 years old and I've had diabetes for 25 years. And I started listening to this podcast last year and this, this, and this has happened now. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Like I'm reading a note right before you and I got on from a type two who was like, thank you for making this type two pro tip series. I've been up all night listening to this and you have exactly encapsulated how I feel and all the guilt and the shame that I have from this. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a better, like that kind of stuff. Like that's big stuff. And, but you'll notice I didn't do it by getting online and going, who rows the boat? You row the boat, go for a run. You don't. Yeah. Like I, I noticed this the other day. Do you have time or am I going to take you? Yes. Okay. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. It occurred to me the other day. In the last five or six years, podcasts from very healthy, fit, often like military guys have become incredibly popular. Like they're very, very popular. And I am not saying by any stretch of the imagination that exercising is not what you should be doing. We should all be exercising and probably a lot of us more than we are. My point is, with the popularity of all this stuff, how come I don't see people getting thinner? Why don't I see people healthier? Why don't I see more guys running around 10 miles a day? Like, yes, it's interesting to listen to, and it might feel very motivational. 
But if a year and a half later, you still have 30 pounds to lose, then the guy screaming and yelling at you in the podcast didn't help you. Made you feel better mm-hmm. for a little while because you're like, ooh, I'm going to do this. Except he can do it because it's his job. And you work at IBM. And you're sitting mm-hmm. on your ass for nine hours. And you can't go outside at four in the morning and go for a 20-mile run. Right? Like, so I understand why they're popular. But I don't know why we don't stop back and look and go, yeah, but they're not really helping that many people. And or or else, I mean, that popularity should have shifted into mass change. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. They're reaching millions of people. And yet, every time I turn on the TV, that's not the case of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. I've always taken that perspective with the podcast, which is it needs to help you. Not like that was one of my first founding thoughts about this. Like when I was writing a blog, I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, I can't, like yes, I can write a blog post and say, hey, my daughter's blood sugar was low at two in the morning. And that sucked. And here's how I feel. And then other people see that and they go, oh, that happens to me too. And I know there's value in that. Like, I absolutely mm-hmm. do. But I just kept thinking, like, wouldn't it be better if you weren't low at 2 a.m.? Like, why don't mm-hmm. we get to that part? Why don't we start talking to people about how to actually, not what they should be doing or what the right thing to do would be, but mm-hmm. a thing that would actually move them towards a better place. Mm-hmm. And that maybe they could then make their own motivation and their own force that that and so you don't need somebody yelling at you to get up at i don't know do whatever it, it might work for some people but not most yeah yeah, yeah. and listen i'm not, i am also saying i'm yeah. sure it's helped some people and god yeah. bless terrific but yeah. you know i help me and so <laughs> like and and i think that there's a way again you're not just getting on and saying do this like here i am again today to tell you these are the right things you do these things you'll be okay blah blah i mm-hmm. tell a story this is the story of this lady and how it happened to her and here's a guy that happened to him and a little kid and a mom and a 50 year old and a 40 year old until you can hear so many stories that you think i could be one of those people i probably mm-hmm. am one of those people like mm-hmm. what is it they're doing that i'm not doing so my my point again about talking to people is communication is not for telling people how to think Communication is for sharing things, and then you hope that people take something from it, whether it's in a one-on-one conversation Mm -hmm. or a guy with a podcast or a Facebook group. Anyway, people, I got this all figured out. If you just listened to me, you'd be okay. (laughs) (laughs) You got all the tools. Sure. It's just about how you talk to people. Now, if we have time, I'm going to transition into something else. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Okay. All y'all who... Seem to get off online saying, I'm mad at people using a CGM who don't have diabetes, or you can't use a GLP 1 to lose weight because it's a type 2 medication, and you get all upset about it. I gotta say, you should stop. You, you know, like it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, if, if a person needs to lose weight and they need a medication to lose weight and it makes their life better, what do you care? If, if somebody wants to see their blood sugar so that they know the impact that grapes are having on them so that they can talk themselves into not eating grapes anymore, what do you care? Like, like I know everybody's like, well, there'll be a shortage. Like, stop it. There's not going to be a shortage. Pharma companies know how to make stuff that makes them money. They'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Maybe there was a moment where, you know, GLP, yeah. GLP-1s came, became like, you know, 
in the TikTok world and stuff like that, and the company got caught off guard, they're not going to get caught off guard again. They want to sell the, the drug to people who need it. That's their business. There's not going to be a shortage. There's not going to be a shortage of insulin. There's not going to be a shortage of Dexcoms or Libres because Dexcom and Abbott sell CGMs. And if you want to buy more CGMs, they want to sell they you will. more CGMs. <laughs> okay, like like there might be a moment where there's an ebb or a flow, but mm-hmm. but if you've been listening to this podcast for years, the CEO of Dexcom has been on here saying like, we want to, we started with type ones. And then we want to get Medicare and Medicaid because that's a pathway to insurance understanding what it does for people. And then mm-hmm. once they understand what it does for people, we want to get it for type twos. That's right. And and then they're going to want pre-diabetes. And then guess what? Now you help eliminate this illness for so many people. Like, why would you get online and rant and rave at somebody because they have a CGM? Is it because you can't afford it? I, they, I, I feel you know, like I it, most of the time is maybe fear, mm-hmm. fear of what scarcity. of not scarcity of this, of the product, which, you know, that was there for a little bit for one of the drugs. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that these companies want to make money. And so they will figure out a way to prevent for that from happening again. But I think it's often fear when we lash out and um, criticize other people's choices. It's often because we are, we are scared. We're not, we're not certain of how their actions are. Are they going to affect me personally down the line? Um, and, and, and maybe you really have a personal opinion and feel like that's, it's the use is in, um, improper or ineffective. Um, but I'm not sure going back to, you know, is, is online communication the best forum for that? Probably, probably not. Also, you scare people into stopping saying, saying their story. Like, like mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, we just, Jenny and I just recorded a type two episode this morning about GLP ones and other medications you'll use for type two. Mm-hmm. And I said, I get why people are like, I, I, I hear you. I, I know that some people have like a famine mentality and they think, oh my God, it's going to be gone. Like, I mean, one of the most popular conversations online is like, what, what, what if the zombies come? Where am I getting insulin from? You're not, mm-hmm. but, but the zombies aren't coming. You're okay. You know, like they're going to keep making it. And so I said to Jenny, I'm behind people getting on TikTok and saying like, Hey, look, I stuck this thing in my leg. Uh, and I started doing it last year and I'm 70 pounds lighter and my life is better and I am healthier because then other people who feel stigmatized will go, all right, well, that lady put a video up of herself. I would never have let somebody see me like this, but look at her now. Like, this is terrific. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I think I may have come out and said, I think everybody that needs to lose 40 pounds ought to get this drug. Like, imagine where the world would be a year from now if everybody who had 40 pounds to lose had lost it and felt better about themselves and was healthier mm-hmm. and didn't need heart replacement. Yeah, all this, the side complications. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just forget financially. How about happiness? What if those people all, their hunger was all satiated for whatever reason? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe some of them had crap parents and maybe some of their brains just tell them to eat and like anywhere in between. But if if an entire generation of people could let that go, then their kids would grow up with a a, a better understanding of how to fuel their bodies. Then maybe mm-hmm. this would, so stop being so scared of everything all the time. And I, I said, I hope type twos, start jumping up and going, Hey, here's my Mongerno or my Ozempic. And 
instead of showing me their weight loss, show me your A1C coming down and your stability happening and like, you yeah. know, back to your life and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't think hiding or forcing people to stop talking is the right way to do this. And you don't know what's going to happen or what good might come from some personal trainer wearing a CGM or, you know, my brother wearing it or because he's got type two and mm-hmm. and his and his doctor says, well, you know, it's not covered for this yet. Or like your insurance won't cover it or something like that. Like you want to normalize this stuff to help mm-hmm. people. Like, you have no idea what good places it might go. And instead it's right back to, I'm the whole, I'm the world. I'm the center of this conversation. There's a person who has a thing I don't have. It's not fair. It's not right. And I need it. And therefore they shouldn't have it. Those two things are not connected to each other. Like, like your lack of financial ability or the deficit you have with your health insurance, if you have health insurance or that you don't have health insurance or whatever, it doesn't have anything to do with that person. It's not like if they don't buy it, the company's going to mail it to you for free. That's not happening. I get the feeling. I understand the anger. I understand the, I understand all of it. And the pain, right? Yeah. Like, I, I want that, but I can't afford it. Or oh. I want that for my whole family to experience CGM. But how do we do that? I mean, it's, it's, a, they're experiencing pain, right? right? In those moments. 100%. It's, and yeah. it's a horror. Like, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not, I'm saying yeah. going online and railing against that person, they're not going to stop using the CGM or the GLP one or whatever you think, whatever you're yelling about. They're just going to stop talking about it. And then, and then imagine, I guess, imagine if I didn't start telling people how we manage my daughter's blood sugars, like there, Mm -hmm. like do, do that. Okay. Like imagine that I, which by the way happened to me, but I pushed through it. Um, Imagine I started speaking up about how we managed Arden's insulin and someone was to have said to me, maybe this is a direct quote. You can't tell people how you manage your daughter's insulin because it's dangerous. And I went, I don't agree with you. Shut up. And then I didn't listen to that person. But what mm-hmm. if I did? What if I just went, oh, yeah, okay. Um, the show's got over 11 million downloads now. It's getting mm-hmm. a half a million a month, right? Like, it's touching places like you just can't imagine. And it's and, and the, the notes come constantly about my A1C, my variability, I'm back to running. I had a baby. You have any idea how many people call me to tell me I am the reason they had a baby? I don't get to have sex with any of America, but they call me. Okay. And um and 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 I'm just saying, like, don't stop some middle-aged person on TikTok from showing you how their weight loss is going. Cause it really you don't know where this is gonna go. And it, and I, I don't see why it's a bad thing. Like Listen, I told Jenny, I'll say it to you too. I understand the diet, you know, fueling, better fueling, exercise, like this is the key. But I don't know how long a person's got to live where that's not helping. And mm-hmm. then and then society ends up telling you, well, they're they're a lost cause. And so we write them off and we'll just get the next generation. But that doesn't happen. Because mm-hmm. now I'm hearing that kids are getting type two diabetes and, you know, and, and obesity in children is going up. It's, it, it's a weird thing to look at people like products coming off an assembly line and going, oh, that one didn't work. Throw it away. The next one will be, oh no, that one's worse. Throw it away. No one ever goes back and looks at the assembly line. 
They're mm-hmm. just they're just like, oh, yeah, just keep throwing. We'll keep the good ones, get rid of the bad ones, keep the good ones, get rid of the bad ones. They're people for Christ's sake. They're you know yeah. what I mean? They're not they're not Cadbury eggs. Like they're they're people. You just <laughs> you know, by the way, you could still eat a Cadbury egg if it had like a split out of it. But um my, 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 and and I don't know that people see it that way, but I do. You yell and scream that somebody shouldn't be wearing a CGM. You are silencing them and you are stopping a potential benefit from coming for other people. And maybe, and and this would be terrible, maybe you shame them out of using it. And that would be horrible. So I understand why you feel that way. But I mean, from my perspective, you sound, you sound silly when you're saying it. You, you just, you do, you know, the, the, your argument is not the argument. If you can't afford it, that's an argument. Should it be cheaper? That's an argument. Yeah. Should insurance companies cover it? That's an argument. Mm-hmm. Other people shouldn't get it. That I don't understand. Like, so I don't know. Maybe there's a reason I don't get, but I just think shine a light on everything and let the good stuff rise to the top and, and see what happens. I'm sorry. I talked way too Yes. Long. No, well, I think that just, yeah, going back to why, why do we make comments about certain things? Mm-hmm. Going back to just the beginning of either we're passionate we want to convince others about our opinion. Um, we feel threatened or scared or, or excited. Um, and we want to share. Yeah. Um, and I think just constantly trying to apply that, you know, the, the filter or the, the lens of how is this going to land with the viewer or the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and just try to check yourself. Again, I know it's just just check yourself. Sounds so easy. Yeah. Um, but just constantly applying the filter and I think we can it'll be and even it's already a safe place the community the Facebook community that you've created but it could be even safer mm. through that practice um, which I think would be awesome well that's terrific and while I'm busy saying things that people aren't going to like l- let me just add this <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you argue that they have type 2 and I have type 1 we're not the same and they can't be here that that sounds the same to me. It sounds it sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. I've had that said to me. I've received emails that said, I see you're doing type two content. Stop it. You keep this podcast type one. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what that means. Like, I, you know, meanwhile, a lady with type two wrote me the other day and said, you know, I asked for um, a C-peptide test and the doctor said, I don't understand. Like, what's how would your management change? Like, you're using insulin. We think you're type two, but you're using insulin. How would your management change if you knew you were type one? And that person said, "Well, then I would think it wasn't my fault." And mm-hmm. I and so I see I see that, but at the same time, it, type two, type one, it's still not your fault. Like, we can dig into it, but food's been going wrong for about seven decades now, mm-hmm. and we and we've been pushed into more processed higher carb, higher sugar stuff that tells your brain you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry. And then somebody ends up with insulin resistance and pre-diabetes. And we go, oh, they did it themselves. You're out of your mind. Like, like everybody who talks like that is full of shit. <laughs> That's all. There are five people who actually have uh, uh, go out and buy spinach and make it with a half a piece of chicken and don't put any oil on it and then go for a 10-mile run. And the rest of you are full of shit. Okay. Like, like, so like, like that's that. Um, and, and I, again, I think it's one of those like, well, they did it to themselves. It's not about them. It's about you not wanting to wonder how it happened to you. Right. Like I'm, 
I don't see a difference between that argument and when somebody tried to tell me 10 years ago that um, Hurricane Katrina, people who were trapped by Hurricane Katrina, they just didn't work hard enough and that's why they couldn't get away from it. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like, you don't understand generational poverty if you're talking like that. That's right. Yeah. And so, anyway, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that. that's, we could talk about this, you know, the topic between type one and type two and the shame involved in that and how, you know, even 32 years ago when I was almost 33, when I was diagnosed, it was very, it was juvenile versus adult mm-hmm. onset. And then it became more type one and type two. And even in my generation as a, as a little girl, I remember being told, well, you don't, you don't have type two this. And, and then that became my narrative, like, Oh, it's type one. It's not the kind that I brought on myself, but that, that line. And I, and I still do hear that um, because there's either, if there's fear, there's shame, but that doesn't help either community of type one or type two, right. In, in that mindset. Yeah. Um, and that it neither group or subset within the type one, let's talk about the LADA, you know, there's so many different groups within the diabetes umbrella that none of us want it. And there, and we still don't really even know why we all have it, but no one did it to themselves. Well, I to, to that I say, people, you gotta think bigger. Like, like you really, you gotta think bigger. Like, stop looking at things so like micro. Like, oh, this is this, and uh, I, I got the bad, and you got the good. Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, type ones. There are some type ones who are starting to use those GLP one medications, and they're helping them. And uh, Jenny told me about somebody who's using ten units a day less insulin on a GLP-1 and insulin. They're they're looping with a GLP-1, okay? And almost like 15 or 20% of their daily insulin's gone down. And and they're losing weight. And and by the way, that drug was for type 2s. So say thank you like 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 (laughs) don't like what do you i always say when people give me crap online i'm like i would prefer if you just said thank you and went away but this is fun too uh you know like (laughs) but you know you my point is you don't know what's going to come of these things and they might end up helping you and i'll Uh tell you right now if it becomes the the common practice that type ones do a once a week injection and insulin and their A1Cs are all magically in the fives and they're eating more of the foods they want and they're not gaining weight and blah, blah, because they're not eating a ton of stuff for lows all the time. To correct, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, then I, am I going to hear a bunch of apologies? I don't think so. <laughs> like, is the, I know, that all sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, is the lady who wrote me going, don't let these type twos in here, is she going to go, oh, my fault? Like, no. Like, so you sound silly is what I'm saying. <laughs> Like, just, just stop. Like just, just, just in a sentence. Just want for everybody else what you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all. Just want everybody to be okay or better or happy or whatever is going to do it for them. And why? Do you, why do you care how they get to it? That's the part I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. just why do you have an opinion about this? And and not for nothing. You can take that sentence and apply it to basically everything that people argue about. And, mm-hmm. and you'd be okay. Everybody's going to have a reason. Like, oh, I'm defending this or I'm defending that or God told me or whatever the hell they're going to say. But in the end, uh, it it's not you. Like, it's not your life. Just, you know, I don't know. Let it be. 
It's a good song. You should go listen to it. I, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Let it be. I mean, my God. All right. What did I not do? Say what I do wrong. Go ahead. Tell me now. This is the <laughs> no, I think, I think we covered it. I think in essence, I think our, our goal was to, yeah, just want, want everyone to get along. No. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I, I think communicate effectively, communicate authentically and communicate with compassion. Um, and, and living that way, you'll feel better about yourself, too, and mm-hmm. the way you communicate with others. And I'll tell you, too, not having a victim mentality is pretty helpful, too, because often the conversation you find yourself in is as much you're doing as it is someone else's. And instead mm-hmm. of saying this person did this or they said that or they made me upset, you might want to look at why that is, because there are plenty of people who can hear things and go on without, you know, without crumbling and screaming and everything else. And it's not always someone else's fault. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't run into somebody who's an absolute prick and, like, just be like, wow, what the hell, you know? But we've gotten to the point now where people are like, you did this to me. Like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, come on. Um, Anyway, this will be fun. I can't wait to uh, lose a bunch of (laughs) listeners over this one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank Omnipod and remind you that you can learn all about it and get started at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Check out the dash. Check out the Omnipod 5. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And of course, Erica is at ericaforsythe.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. <laughs>